how to pivot from broke employee to successful entrepreneur by taking control of your time, money, and work and have a life of freedom with Vincent Paglosi from TotalLifeFreedom.com on episode number 152 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Helpful people want to help helpful people. I start every day, and this is my next book, and I start every day with the hour of giving, which is basically I'm not thinking about anything that I need. I'm not thinking about anything that I want. What is going on with the people in my life? Who are the people I need to reach out to that I haven't reached out to? Who are the people I need to connect together? What, what are the things that I need to do to be the person that I want to be to lift the people up around me? Because I'll tell you, if you lift all the people around you up, your network gets better. Everybody around you is doing better because you're helping them get better. But we don't focus on that. We focus on our own goals. Hi, this is John Stonge from DesireJesus.com, where I help people find joy, hope, and satisfaction in Christ. Dr. Brad Miller is here for you on the Beyond Adversity podcast, helping you find your pathway through adversity to achieve peace and purpose in your life. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And you can go to our website, drbradmiller.com, and find over 150 episodes of the podcast where we talk to doctors and leaders and teachers who help you do to overcome depression, get through a divorce, deal with a disease, maybe a death in the family, or perhaps debt or some business reversals. Today, we have a great guest with us who's going to talk to us about business, jobs, employment, entrepreneurship, and transitions and transformations that can and need to take place. Vista Pagosi was an award-winning photographer at a major newspaper, and he was also living in a J-O-B, which meant just over broke. And he realized for his life and for his wife and for his family, they wanted something greater, something bigger. They wanted freedom. And so he set off in a lifestyle of creating a freelance business, which eventually led to creating a coaching business and a business which has many mastermind groups and many resources at his website, TotalLifeFreedom.com, where he produces the Freelance to Freedom audiobook. He also has the Freelance to Freedom, uh, the Total Life Freedom podcast, and many other resources there on his website. Our conversation today is going to talk about adversity that happens not only after you build your business and have success, and break three of the employment mindset to the entrepreneur's mindset. But what do you do when more problems arise? For instance, when something like an epidemic like COVID-19 strikes and it devastates your business, devastates your life, a common theme for many people in the last year or so. Vince is going to talk to us about what he did, the actions that he took in order to overcome this and to emerge 
successful again, even after dealing with the adversity at hand. Many of us have had to deal with that. We have all kinds of adversities, including business reversals and challenges that have come from COVID-19 and other things. And you're going to get some great gems and great nuggets from Vince here uh, today in our conversation. It's all going to pro- it's all going to center around something you may not expect. It's going to center around gratitude and giving. That's right. A great conversation here with Vincent Puglisi. You're going to love it. Stay tuned for every word. Lots of golden nuggets. He does blog at TotalLifeFreedom.com. Our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller is Vincent Puglisi. Let's get into that conversation right now. Dr. Brad Miller here on Beyond Adversity, the podcast where we look to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, in purpose. And I love to talk to leaders who have overcome adversity themselves and has success and also are facing whatever problems and issues they have out there that may where life has thrown a curveball at them. And they've done that. And one the, our guest today is Vincent Piglesi. And I was had the good fortune of talking to him to some time ago, prior to uh, the situation in March of 2020, when the world kind of came crashing down with uh, with the COVID-19 virus and all the other issues that happened in our world that subsequently of, uh, of uh, businesses collapsing, of health systems being stretched, of uh, racial tension, of political unrest, all kinds of all kinds of things that are going on. But I'm interested in talking to Vince today about how he handled all that, how he did in his business, and a little bit about his life. So Vince, uh, welcome to Beyond Adversity, my friend. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, it was so much fun last time. So this is, I'm excited about this. Well, it is awesome to have you on. And uh, we have some uh, background from a town we both lived in for a while, Evansville, Indiana, and we en- enjoy talking about that a little bit. Yep. But let's talk a little bit, just to get our listeners refreshed a little bit. Uh, at one time, you were a, a uh, photographer for a newspaper yep. and evolved. Now you have a very active website with coaching and a great podcast. You, you, your, your blog is totallifefreedom.com. You have membership sites and masterminds and coaching and uh, all kinds of good stuff there, and you've built a business there. So give us a little bit of background there first, and we'll, then we'll jump into the situation at hand right now. Yeah, thank you. I, I was a photographer for 23 years. That was my life. I was, I was a journalist. I was a, we became wedding photographers, um, worked in Evansville at the Courier and Press for, for 10 years as a staff photographer there. Um, but at, at some point, I'm not sure, and I look back on it, and I think, oh my goodness, I'm so glad we took some action on something. This is where I think a lot of people can maybe get help from where they're at right now. We, we, we were dissatisfied with where we were at, even though it was the career that we thought we wanted. And I had done it for so long. And I remember photographing a wedding and, and coming home that night after some drunk guy just harassed me like 1030 at night. I'm photographing the reception and just give me a hard time. And then you go through this enough times and, and the money was good and it was a good business and it gave us a lot of freedom. But I came home and I said to Elizabeth, I got, I was getting ready for bed. And I said, I am done photographing drunk people dancing at 1030 at night. I'm done. <laughs> and, and she looked at me and, and this is, you know, it was amazing. I have a great spouse. She was like, okay. And this, you know, you gotta figure it was a six figure business we've had for 12 yeah. years. It, it, it became more and more optimized to where we could do this at 20 weddings a year, even less money. Wasn't a problem. Time wasn't a problem, but I was feeling dissatisfied. And she's like, what are we going to do if we do that? Cause we, we, it wouldn't happen immediately, but I, she knows once I check out, I check out, I will move on. 
Um, and I said, well, I've been coaching photographers on how to run a business because so many photographers are great at photography, but they're terrible at business. They're good artists or they're great artists, but they're, they, they don't want to learn the business side or they're not good. At the, so there's a lot of, that's where the whole starving artist thing comes from. They're great at their art, but they don't make money at it. So I'm like, I was coaching, you know, photographers build a better business. And I was like, I think we could do something with this. And I love the conversations. I was tired of being a vendor. I was behind the camera, but nobody asked for my opinion. I'm an Italian New Yorker. I like to talk, right? Okay. I like to have conversations. And, and, and that obviously to me, I'm like, there's something missing in my career, my life. I want to be able to help people in this way. I want to be able to have conversations. And I said to her, I said, if I could find a way to have conversations for a living, man, you got, that's it. That's it. If I can, I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what that would be, but once you start thinking about something, you start really diving in. So that led to coaching and then a more specific coaching. And I developed the style a little bit more where I was a little more brash. I was a little more bold. I was a little more assertive. I was challenging. I would, I would force people to think differently and then to take action. And it was a different type of coaching. I didn't go to any type of certification. It was just the way that I've been able to guide other people in a certain direction. And that kind of took off to where go from one-on-one coaching, people start asking, you know, you raise your prices. So like, okay, well, if we create a membership site or a mastermind, I can help more than one person at once, as opposed to, you know, I get on the phone with you for an hour. That's one hour of my time for one person. What if I get on that call for an hour and I can help 20 people? That's where it kind of developed to. Um, And then it went in. So as you dive in, you keep going. I wrote a book called Freelance to Freedom, which I think we talked about. And that Mm -hmm. really helped. And then that all of a sudden with all this, momentum you've got masterminds which are higher level higher price and then you have a community that's a mid-level price and then even a foundation which is content so the content that goes into the community we pull out and we do courses and that goes into the lower price so these are all things i've learned along the way the 80 20 rule so you can have a, a low price 30 dollar offer a, a mid price 150 dollar offer then a higher price 500 offer which keeps going up. So that was the type of thing that developed from this. And that's been the last couple of years. It's really only been two or three years that it's happened. So that all started to elevate and grow with the podcast and podcast guesting um, when COVID happened, where, so when that all happened, you know, so you already had foundation, you've already built a business out of the other pain that you had previously out of the yep. old career that you had yep. as a photographer and you're able to transition that. So how did that prepare you, if at all, uh, for when uh, the COVID? Well, we, we hunkered happened? down. We, you could see it. Like everybody else could see it. Like, oh crap, this is something's happening here. And I remember we were, we, so we leave every winter. Right now we're in Florida. We leave and we travel. We homeschool our kids. So one of the things, one of the core things we wanted was leave. We're in Pennsylvania. And like, we want to leave Pennsylvania for the, we don't want to move, but we want to be able to, so we leave three or four months at a time. We travel around, we homeschool and we work from home. We could do whatever we want. So we were in Hilton Head last March. So that's the funny thing. We pulled into Hilton Head March 1st. The world was normal. When we pulled out April 1st, we didn't recognize the world. Yeah. As we, as that, we drove down the t- That, uh, well, that month of March was the pivotal time, wasn't it? My God. Unreal. And so, for those who were not prepared at all, yeah. disaster. 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 Yeah. So what happened was when it first happened, we're like, okay, prepare yourself. We're going to have a lot of cancellations. We're gonna have a lot of cancellations of the different levels of what we do. You just know it's going to happen because people are going to start getting, they're going to start losing income. It was really 
it, you know, like brace for impact type of thing. And so immediately we weren't like heading the clouds, like, no, it's going to be fine. We're like, this is the first thing that really, really could hit. So we braced for it. So what we started doing is we started within our mastermind, our community, we started doing like weekend calls, which we never do. And we, I'm trying to think what, what we call it. We called it Coronapocalypse. We're like, let's have a little fun with this. <laughs> I, so love the world's coming to- I love it. That's great. Coronapocalypse. Okay. <laughs> the world's coming to an end and and let's party um, or let's talk about it. Let's have let's a good talk. time. And, yeah. And we're not going to, we're not going to stress about it. What we're going to do is we're going to get on here and we're going to figure out solutions. Yeah. So those were our highest attended calls and they were on Saturdays, which we don't normally do. It was just this open, honest, raw, raw conversation. And then ideas were coming from it. And people that were really worried came up with different things that they could do that they hadn't done before. Like, Oh, that really can try that. And they started earning income from it. And then it was just really, you know, we can go deeper into March, but what really happened was, by May, we went two months without one cancellation. And normally there'll be there'll be two or three normally every month. Okay. So actually how that compares to kind of how life went prior to that. Yeah, no, so it was you, more or less the same? It, it was less. Or we it had was better. Cam- it was better in a one sense, wasn't it? It, it was yeah. better. We had none in May. I'm sorry, none in March, none in April. And I'm like, maybe it was the community, maybe it was the camaraderie, maybe it was the support that they had that they realized, oh my goodness, I've been paying for this, but this is more valuable than I realized because I have these people. Do you mind saying, Vince, even about how many members you had, you know, yeah. kind of what the attrition rate was and this type of thing? We have 100 people in our community, and I okay. keep it no more than that okay. because I've been in the communities that are really large. Okay. And- well, so that, that, that's a teaching moment as well for me and I think for some of our listeners that you can build up a – you don't have to have 5,000 people no. in a community, you know, to make it work for you. You can have 100 or whatever it would be and make it work. And even with your attrition rates that you mentioned before, uh, you can still make it work. For us, it's so much better. It, it was literally our plan. It wasn't, you know, I, I see everybody going big, 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 big. And I am, I'm a Seth Godin guy. I'm like smallest viable audience. Do the best you can for the smallest amount possible. So I said, what kind of community would I want? I would want a community that is diverse enough. So we have podcasters, membership people. We have real estate people, everybody looking for freedom. We have all SEO experts. We have tax people. Anybody that can help anybody else. I'm building a team is the way that I look at it. Okay. You know, like, before the Patriots were not as great. I'm like, you don't just get to be on the Patriots. And and there's a reason why, you know, if you're not doing the work, I will ask you to leave because we have a certain amount of spots and we want people to participate and be active and to be helpful and to be generous, which is the key. So we've built this generous community that people are listening to each other's podcasts. They're, they're, they're connecting them to other people. They're forming this bond together. And if it was 500 people, you wouldn't have that. And I'm not down on 500 people memberships or 5,000 people. Right. But what I wanted was what would I want to be a part of? Well, I'm here at least two things here already, uh, Vince. One is just taking action. You know, one is just have a bias towards action. And the second thing, having some standards, some, some parameters that you're going to yep. look within a uh, quality control, if you will, but uh, keep going. I got a feeling there's some other things here that are going to be teaching moments for us about how we yeah. can understand how you handled all this. So, so the, the, the elite masterminds, there's eight people in each. There's two of those. And there's a hundred people in the community. And then we have the foundation, which anybody can, you know, it, there's no community involved with that. So it's just content. So the numbers can be whatever they want to be. And there's not, there's not a, any limit to that. Um, so we, so we built that out. So to, to the hundred person community, it really, it, it, it was a bond. So they, they connected with each other more. So nobody was leaving. They were all building out from it. And so my story with COVID was weird because every month just kept improving. It kept getting better. And I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And what I realized and, and what I, I think might help you and your, your listeners is it all came from what happened before it. 
So everybody's like, oh, you're fortunate. And we are fortunate, but you know. But I'm you're fortunate because you prepared. It, that's the main thing. It was We didn't build this thing in 2020. And we didn't build it as something that like, oh, I got to get money now. It was a vision of what we wanted. I wanted to create the community that I couldn't find. Okay. That was the vision for it. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not a rock star. I'm not the one that everybody's coming to. I like being under the radar. It's who I like to be. I like to be a hidden gem. And I don't think enough people want to be a hidden gem. Because when people find you, we were the same way in photography. We didn't advertise. We weren't on all the different boards. We just think, we thought we did the best work for anybody that we could do. And they talk about you. So beforehand. And of course, word of mouth is the best really true advertising anyhow, because that's where it comes with the the value. So so you can eliminate so much of the other garbage by just focusing on taking care of your clients. Make sure they get the better end of the deal. There's not much more you need to do. Now there's details all along the way, but that's a core premise. But for us was even from way back was we always pretended like it was going to go away. We always pretended like there would be a 2020, not knowing what 2020 would be. So every year along the way, as opposed to like, oh, you know, we made this much money next year. We're going to make that much money. I'm negative in a lot of ways. I'm, okay. I'm cynical in a lot of ways. And every time it would happen, I'd be like, it's probably the best year we're ever going to happen. We better financially prepare. We better business-wise prepare. Okay. So so you saved money, you invested, and you did other preparations that helped you weather the storm oh, here. The, the, the key was, first things first, get rid of debt. Yeah. I don't want any debt in my life. When I don't have debt in my life, it changes the decisions I make in business. It changes my desperation mode. With no debt and money in the bank and investments, if I lose clients, I lose clients. I say all the time, I'm like, there's part of me that wants the whole thing to go away. Like literally everybody fired me today because- there's something exciting about that. They're like, okay, what am I going to start next? Okay. Now, <laughs> love it. Love it. Build something new. But what you're saying, as you know, Vince, that's the kind of thing that scares so many people yeah. to death. It's the security of whatever uh, job or situation they are in that they are just, or, you know, and a lot of times it's tied up to the pension plan and the health insurance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but what you're Teaching me, I don't want teaching, any of that. teaching our audience is that true security is not necessarily wrapped up in that type of thing. So, I don't want any of it. That yeah. to me, those are chains. My friend Chad Jeffers, a guitar player for Carrie Underwood, and he had a great story where he said he wanted to make it in music. And his dad said, if you want to make it in music, if you really want to make it, do not get a job with benefits because mm-hmm. you will never do the work that it takes to get there. Wow. So he never did. And once up on stage in front of 80,000 people. So to me, it was like, I don't want any of those traps. I want freedom. I want to make my own decisions. And I don't want stress about money. Now, I don't care about being a multimillionaire. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. You know, along the way, we've built a six-figure net worth, yeah. a seven-figure net worth from that. But I don't care. What I care about is freedom. What I care about is not wor- wake up in the morning, not worry about money and do the work that I love doing for my people. And I, and I forget what they are right now, Vince, and you probably can help me with this, but there are actually formulas mm-hmm. that... Uh, uh, economists and so on have come up with about a certain income level that most people can live comfortably at, yep. Yep. you know, pay, you know, just, you know, pay off most of the debt, maybe have a mortgage and car payment and that, you know, whatever manageable stuff that, that would be. And I don't know what that is, but certainly it's not, you know, it's way out beyond, uh, or it's way within the framework of where many people think about millionaires status. Yep. You can live pretty comfortably in way less than a millionaire. And not even just comfortable, it's just freedom. It, it, like that, I think yeah. so many people focus on the billionaires and, and, and the biggest names and they're, A, they're unrelatable. B, 
because a lot of them hit something. My friend John Lee Dumas says it. He goes, he was just the first. Either be first or be different. He was first, the entrepreneur on fire, and it yeah. blew up. Most people aren't going to do that. But when, when if you can, like I just did a podcast two days ago about the financial sweet spot, which is like, if you can make between $125,000 and $200,000 as an entrepreneur, and you get to reduce your taxable income with the things that you spend, right? So mm-hmm. for me, I can, my investments, investing in my business, conferences, masterminds, anything, make the money, reduce my taxable income on things that grow my business and grow my wealth. Meanwhile, my taxable income keeps going down. When I pay taxes, it's not very much and it's all legal and it's all written the way it is, but um, employees can't do that. Employees are taxed on the money that they make. So they pay. So so every year we get tens of thousand dollars that nobody else gets because Mm -hmm. we keep that. And, and yeah. invest it back in our business. And what you're teaching me here, uh, Vince, is something else. One of the key concepts I like to teach about is, is, is discipline. And that can be discipline in your health or, or in your, you know, in your uh, spiritual life or your marriage or anything, anything along that line, but also can be in your, in your financial uh, picture. But what I'm saying is take control of those areas. And I know that's a real theme you have of yep. take control of your work, of your money, of your time. Yep. Take, take control there. And that, that's awesome. So what do we do though? I know you have masterminds you work with and I don't know if everyone you work with has been as well prepared as you have shared here, but uh, a lot of people haven't been yeah. as well prepared as you yeah. sharing here. And I just like for you to speak Vince to those folks for a minute about how, okay, what are you doing? You mentioned Mel ago for instance, in a way you kind of like everything to go away. So you yep. build something up. That's your DNA. Yep. Yeah, but uh, help us to speak into lives. Maybe people who are a little scared right now, or a little life's kind of been tough on them, you know, and that type of thing. Speak to them right now if you can. Yeah, because that is a great question. Because I think a lot of people, I think emotionally, get beaten down by the situation they're in at the moment, as opposed to thinking, "What's life going to be like ten years from now?" Because we were there. We were there making no money. I mean, we were. You know, my story in my book was I was making thirty-two thousand dollars a year. My wife was leaving her job because our oldest son who's 15 now was being born and I got a 3% raise and I was a top photographer in the country. Yeah, right. right. 30, make, making if I remember correctly, you had some national awards and things yeah. of that nature too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. $15 an hour and I'm getting a 3% raise. So I was <laughs> with no money in the bank. I was yeah. there and, and, and looking back, I'm glad we didn't make desperate decisions, but I'm glad we took action. We basically said, we're going to take control of our destiny. And what that meant was starting our own business. Because if you start your own business, you have control over everything. Nobody's going to care about it as much as you are. And, and the, the, when, when you say that a lot of people are struggling, generally when I talk to people, the ones that are struggling are more the ones that have jobs and are looking for jobs mm-hmm. as opposed to those have businesses or are looking to build a business. And they'll look at the job to replace the job they lost exactly. or, or something happened, they were downsized or... And I challenge the, I challenge the, yeah, I challenge the entire premise. Stop looking for another job is is my opinion. Because a job, if I'm hearing exactly what you're saying, can lead to complacency uh, and complacency would be the enemy of uh, building your, of, of, of freedom, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, first of all, you don't control your time. You don't control um, the work that you do and you don't control your income. So like with me, I could have, I was, I did everything I could to be the best. And they couldn't compensate me for it. And then I just accepted that. And so did the entire newsroom. So you just, and you're in an environment of people that accept that. 
Yes. In our world, we're not in that environment. We're in the environment where you can double your income this year mm-hmm. or more. That's it's a completely different. But the fear the fear people have who are in that complacent workday world is that yeah. you also may not double this year. You may have nothing as well. That's what they're fearful of. Of course, and and that's the challenge. And it and it, and it does occasionally happen that way. It does, but I, I did a show this morning. It was it was essentially about this where it's like you're more valuable than you think you are because no matter what that goes to mindset and that goes to the emotional piece of this and Uh, it goes to the economics of of business to where if if you get hired for sixty thousand dollars at the university of evansville as a professor right mm -hmm. you're not worth sixty thousand dollars otherwise they wouldn't hire you (laughs) why hire somebody for sixty thousand dollars when they're only going to bring in sixty thousand dollars I've talked to enough business owners that hire enough people that know you better bring in three to five times the value with your yes. position for me to hire you. Yes. So if that's the case, you're worth $300,000. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. you could well, say, well, I wouldn't get the same clients or the same because I got the university behind me, but say you're half as good. That's $150,000. Say you wow. screw up a bunch along the way and lose another 30 grand for it. That's 120 grand. That's still mm-hmm. twice as much as you make. It's still you controlling your income to growth and you get all the tax benefits of being self-employed. I don't get the mindset of employment. I don't understand it. I should have been born in 1840 when there were no employees, when everybody had their own business. I don't understand why people want jobs when it comes to money and freedom. It makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. Well, plus the, the reality is, and what happened with the COVID crisis and what even happened before that is those expectations people even had in those environments of getting a you know, in a three, five, seven percent yes. raise each other. Those went away. Just to use the example at the college, my alma mater, and place you're familiar with, University of Evansville, there's a big controversy going on there right now because the faculty has not received a raise of any kind mm-hmm. for three or four years. Yep. You know, yep. So what's the point in a way? <laughs> what's and, and so then you, what happens is when you're not getting compensated, there's resentment that comes with that. Yeah. Am I really, really going to try that hard? Am I going to come in any earlier? Am I going to put my... So guess what? That becomes your work ethic. Yeah. My work ethic cannot slow down because I will be fired tomorrow. But you get stuck in that malaise of mediocrity. That's what I like to call this. It's a malaise. It's a great you term. Stuck, you get stuck there. In order to break out, you've got to break out. Yes. You've got to you know, really take the matters and, into your hands. And this is a you know, it is a matter of taking action. Like you said, it's also a emotional thing. I also believe, I also believe it's a spiritual thing from my own perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's also a matter of discipline and, and you've done a great job with that. And so I just think there's something, the I believe the, you know, I heard it said here recently, Vince, and I'd like your take on this, that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of, you know, the the COVID crisis exacerbated a whole lot of other things, mm-hmm. racial, economic, political. I mean, there are Everything. rabbit holes, there are disasters everywhere you go. But I heard someone say that it was going to take uh, entrepreneurs in order to really pull us out yeah. of this. And uh, I've been given that a lot of thought that entrepreneurial mindset is going to, what's going to take for help us to uh, recover as a country and as a world. And, just go with that a little bit. Do you, do you think there's any validity to that statement? I think there's tons of it. It's innovation. Innovation comes from entrepreneurship. It comes from people that have a skin in the game to create something that can be enterprising to where you can build something around it. And, and every, the examples people use in terms, of, in terms of inspiring are rarely 
employee driven. Yes. <laughs> Rarely do you say that employee came. No, the people that people, now I'm not always the big names. I go to more obscure people, but people go the Elon Musk's and the Mark Zuckerberg's, all entrepreneurs. Yes. Everything people talk about that changed the world, Tesla. No, I'm talking, yeah. you know, right. You know, Nikola Tesla. The, entrepreneurial where they're coming up with ideas and they're creating and it's not following the leader it's not waiting for your boss to give you permission to do something it's i'm going to take control and i'm going to do it and i think a lot of people get stuck in the hole well i came out of college i've got my college debt you know i got married i bought a nice house in a nice neighborhood because i could afford it now i have the cars and i have the kids and now this happens what am i supposed to do i can't quit my job i've got the house and my whole thing is people should think about that beforehand the whole point is for me is get yourself financially free as quickly as possible and then decide, but you're basing that on a, on a salary that in a moment they can take away yeah. and everything you've built up is a house of cards and illusion and it's gone. Yeah. Just, just quick take on my situation, you know, my downside, I'm getting ready to retire from my career because I've been involved with and be more in tune to entrepreneurship the next uh, few months, but my wife and I downsized a year or so ago to a smaller home about the time the COVID, COVID crisis mm-hmm. hit a month later. And all of a sudden, my two adult sons, one was in college, the college kicked them all out, Indiana University kicked them all out of, you know, being there. So he had to come home and my other son had a job situation, which required him to move home too. all of a sudden, everything, everybody, you know, it happened here. So we've had to make that work. And it's been okay. But we have to, uh, navigate life and it'd been much better if my two sons had been a little bit better prepared or if we had been a little better prepared well, to receive I don't, that. I don't blame people for it. I, I think it's the system that we were raised not. in. It, it's a system we were raised in. We, we yeah. were raised from six years old to go to school, follow orders, go where people tell you to do and get a good job. Yeah. And well, that's, good- yeah. It's a, and the whole educational system has its own flaws there with that whole situation there as well uh, so if we can just teach a value about how to make uh, entrepreneurial thinking one of the things that, well, i'd like your take on this as well uh one of my favorite uh, authors is jim collins which is good mm-hmm. to great good to good great, great yeah. and uh he you know he's written several books one of his other books was also about how the mighty have fallen and it was uh it was basically about how those companies and those who have succeeded not only have good to great thinking which says that you know, good is the enemy of great, you know, which mm-hmm. is an entrepreneurial thing. But he also says that though they have the emotional makeup and the mighty have fallen of being, of being just absolutely committed to the mission or the vision yep. and still being with humility, not with hubris. Yep. I love that thinking. And that is like your, your take on that about how we can move forward here, humbly serving others uh, and helping them, you know, by some of the things you offer on your website and some of the things like, how can we, how can then we change things around that we are compensated appropriately for serving others? I think it all comes down to generosity. It all mm-hmm. comes down to your helpfulness. Yes. And because everybody has their goals. What are my goals? It's all selfish goals for mm-hmm. the most part. They're not yeah. generally generous goals. Generous goals are how do I help other people do something while I'll, I'll get my reward at some point from it, as opposed to, I want this. I want six figures. I want this. Nobody cares that you want a best-selling book. Nobody cares that you want a top-rated podcast. They're too, they're too worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. So people don't do the things that others want first. 
Meaning, oh, how do I get more reviews for my podcast? And I'm like, do you leave reviews for other people's podcasts? No, I don't have time for that. But oh my, yeah, all okay. the time. Do you do yeah. you do you do you support your friends' books? No, I'm kind of focused on my book. Nobody, and and, and the, I say all that nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares because they don't know how much they don't know that you're trying to help anybody anyway. People, helpful people want to help helpful people. Yeah. So I start every day, and this is my next book. I start every day with the hour of giving, which is basically I'm not thinking about anything that I need. I'm not thinking of anything that I want. What is going on with the people in my life? Who are the people I need to reach out to that I haven't reached out to? Who are the people I need to connect together? What, what are the things that I need to do to be the person that I want to be to lift the people up around me? Because I'll tell you, if you lift all the people around you up, your network gets better. Mm-hmm. Everybody around you is doing better because you're helping them get better. But we don't focus on that. We focus on our own goals. So I truly believe what you're saying is, is absolutely spot on, which is it's generosity and helpfulness. That's going to get us there. But the problem is so many people are in the spot that you're talking about, which is they're struggling that they say, I can't, I don't have time for that. So I got to get my own stuff. I've uh, heard it said, in fact, I've used this occasionally when I uh, sign off on a letter or whatever, but people don't, people don't uh, care about how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. And uh, and that's a a great way of putting it. So, well, let's, uh, you've developed all of this, what you've shared here, just tremendous stuff. And you've, organized in such a way that you offer people a lot of things and on your website. So let's just talk for a minute about how people can get connected uh, to you, Vince, and how they can go a little deeper with you if they choose to. You've given us just great value here on Beyond Adversity because mm-hmm. we're all about helping people, you know, to when those bad events come and they do, yeah. you know, they do. I, I get categorized in five different levels. One is debt, which is the financial piece. Yeah. One is disease, which could be the COVID crisis. One could be depression, which is the emotional piece. One is, uh, you know, divorce, which can be the relationship piece. Now one's, you know, is death, you know, and I, you know, death of a loved one, which many people have had to deal with this year. Yeah. But how we deal with those things makes all the difference. And you've given us some great hints here, but so tell people how people want to go a little deeper with you. Yeah. Uh, how they can can do that and get them more resourced. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Well, before I give me have a plug around like that, that that's I think to the point. What I've learned is for the people that I've followed is you the generosity factor is the key, and that's where I want to start it with. People like I have friends that say like, well, how do I help people that can't afford it? I'm like, well, that's why I do the podcast. I do a daily podcast where I do my best work I could possibly do, and I put it into a daily show. So you don't need to hire me for anything. If, if, if you want help from me, you can go there and there's something every day. There's no ads. There's no commercials, no intro, outro. It's just a five minute, six minute piece. So I feel good with myself that the fact that like I'm giving value without any expectation, but we also, we, there's different levels to that. We have to make a living, right? I hate that term, but we, we, I, I'm, I'm a capitalist. We, we, we believe in this where you don't change until you invest. That's my opinion. I, we take, 10% of our income every year and we invest back in ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about investments like stock market or real estate. I'm talking about in my own development, in my right. own development of courses or coaches or masterminds. So I believe in that. So we do that as well. So when people pay, they pay attention. So we have different levels to it, which are, we give a lot for free. I give my audio book away for free. I'll give it to your audience. If you go to totallifefreedom.com, you'll see an orange button, free audio book. I give the entire thing away for free. So anybody feel free to go get that. And I feel good doing that. But what people pay me for is access and implementation. They pay me to have my personal access on their situation, on my network that we build up together, and then helping them implement 
you don't need to hire me for that. But that's why every, if this is something I could teach for anybody that's thinking about starting a business, there's all these different levels. There's free content that you give that builds trust. The podcast builds trust. I don't earn any income off of it. The free book builds trust if you like it. But then from there, we offer all different levels of stuff that you could sign up for at your own, um, what, what you need. There's people that pay for the high level mastermind. There's people that pay for the foundation, which is, which is much cheaper. I want to be able to give everybody at every spot something where I can help them. Obviously, the higher up it goes, the more access they have to me, but you don't need it. So if you go to totallifefreedom.com, it's, you get the free stuff. You see the options of what we do within our business. It's all very simple. Awesome. And it all starts with gratitude, right? It all starts, all starts, with, with-, all starts with gratitude. And so if you just live your life where, you, and I love what you share there a minute, you know, you have your ad, your hour of gratitude or your hour of giving. Of giving, yeah. And, that you said, and that that's expressing gratitude to others. And you give by various ways to serve others. And then uh, and people, then the, the good stuff comes back to you. And so I truly believe that that can happen. And so I'm grateful to you, my friend, Vince, for your time that you shared with us here today on on beyond adversity as, uh, as you know, you know, adverse conditions happen to everybody, but nothing really happens until you take action. And the first action that we've learned from you today is be grateful, is be grateful. Yeah. So thank you so much my friend. And so we just thank uh, Vincent Puglisi for being our guest today on beyond adversity with Dr. Brad. Miller. All right. What Hey, isn't he great? Isn't Vince just great? What an uplifting, positive, joyous uh, man who gives, he fills me with uh, positivity and generosity because that's what he's all about. Positivity, generosity, the freedom that comes when you give to others. That is so awesome. And I hope you heard some, a couple of golden nuggets that he talked about how he starts every day by serving others. And I know that's the case because I've been the recipient of some of his reaching out to me uh, through Facebook and other means where he has reached out to encourage me and just to check in. Serve others first. Be helpful and good things will happen to you. Serve others first. That's one of the themes we use here on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. We teach a process called the Axe Plan which includes the A in the word acts is to have an action bias. The C in the word acts is to connect with a higher power, a spiritual realm. The T in the word acts is to think with discipline. And the S in the word acts is to serve others with love. And Vince talked a lot about that, serving others with love. And that can be a key part of transforming your business by serving other people. Hope that you heard that. If you need a pivot in your life, if you're having some struggles, we have lots of episodes at our at our website, drbradmiller.com. Over 150 episodes of the Beyond Adversity podcast with lots of great teachers and leaders and guides and thought leaders to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're here to help. And we hope that you can. We've got a free gift for you there at Dr. Brad Miller as well. It's all about making a promise, everybody. It's making a promise to yourself to not stay stuck and to get better. A promise that you can emerge from where you're at. 
Because make a promise, keep a promise, because there is power in a promise kept. So we'll see you again next time soon, friends, here on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Until then, always remember to do all the good that you can.